Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Heater. And recently in the Facebook group, I made a post asking if you could ask me anything and have me address it on a podcast, what would you ask me? And this episode is one of those questions. Today's episode topic is about troop crests. Facebook group member Jen wrote, How to approach picking a troop crest when bridging to brownies. How to maybe not have it be the unicorn? Is the crest meant to be something they keep all the way through, or could they pick something more bad when they're past the unicorn phase? I love this question. I think there's a lot to dig into here, and I'm excited to kind of talk a little bit more in depth about troop crests and some suggestions for how to approach troop crests with your girls. In the show notes, I'm going to link to an article by Anne Robertson on gshistory.com. She has an article called A Brief History of Girl Scout Troop Crests. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what's in the article, but I'm going to also go ahead and link to it. So if you want to check out more from her article or just in general from gshistory.com. Girl Scout Troop Crests are... Some of the oldest official insignia in Girl Scouts. So each patrol within a troop had their own different crest. So we don't really use patrols most of the time anymore in Girl Scouts. Some areas do. Some of the older troops do. If you've got like some old school troop leaders in your area, they might be really into patrols. And we have talked on them briefly in a phraseology episode in the past. But basically, um, there were subgroups within a troop, or there can still be subgroups within a troop, and they would originally have, those subgroups would have their own crest within a troop. So even the first troop in Savannah, when Girl Scouts was first created, had white rose, carnation, red rose, and poppies for patrols. And over time, crests began to encompass the entire troop. So, in fact, early troops, as Girl Scouts expanded, were actually identified by a troop crest, not a troop number. And eventually, we just got to the point where we had so many troops that we needed some more organization in identifying insignia. And so that's where troop numbers became the norm. But troop crests are now carried on as a tradition. You know, if you are familiar with kind of Girl Scout history and Girl Guide history, Juliet Gordon Lowe actually brought a selection of the English Girl Guide crests because remember it was Girl Guides was founded in England before it was founded in the US. Juliet Lowe was very involved with helping get the movement of Girl Guiding in the UK off the ground. And so then she wanted to start it in the USA. And so she brought a selection of English Girl Guide crests for the earliest American troops to use. And back then, English crests were circles of black felt, and they were embroidered with really bright colors, and they all had a red border. So Girl Scouts adopted many of the English patrol crests in 1920, and over time they just sort of made some of the details their own. The tradition, in answer to one of Jen's questions, the tradition is that once girls choose a troop crest, it was to be used for the lifetime of the troop. 
But of course, there's exceptions to every rule. So there's definitely some historical pieces that show that girls either switched troops or that their troops changed crests over time. And of course, in today's rules, um, crests are just kind of whatever you want them to be as far as what the rules are. So certainly the intention is for it to be through the duration of the troop and to be kind of like a troop number alternative as a way to identify the troop. But um, it's certainly not required. And my thoughts on it are, of course, you can change the crest when you want to. In my troop, uh, we had a multi-level troop and we had girls from daisies all the way through eighth grade cadets. And our cadets had been some of the original members. And so they were part of picking the original crest. But they also, by the time they got to (laughs) late middle school, They actually didn't remember picking the crest in the first place. They really had no memory of it. It was just something that had been part of their uniform year over year. Of course, we had a bunch of girls who were newer to the troop who came into the existing troop and they just kind of adopted the crest and they were it was already established when they came in. So they didn't have anything to do with picking it. So we kind of made this decision that with our multi-level troop, as we were growing and growing and expanding, we were expecting to be at like 28 to 30 members the year that like from 2020 to 2021, which we didn't end up actually really meeting during, so it didn't happen. But we were planning on expecting to be a really large troop going into that year. And because of that, we had kind of made this decision that we were going to do crests for each individual level. So we'd share a troop number, but we'd all have individual crests And those girls would be able to carry up their crest as they went from level to level. So the girls who were at the time brownies would choose their crests and then it would stay throughout. Like they would carry that crest to juniors and to cadets, but that the girls who are currently juniors would have their own crest that was separate from the girls who are currently brownies. So we sort of had thought about doing it like that. I think... For the most part, we ended up having girls in alternate grades. So we had like second and fourth graders at the same time, not necessarily second, third, and fourth. It would get really confusing if you had current second and third graders that had the same crest, current fourth and fifth graders that had the same crest, and then the next year they're different levels. So you'd have half of your juniors would have one crest and half would have the other. It'd be really weird and confusing. So at that point, you might go by grade level, each having their own crest. Or you could just choose a troop crest every year or whatever you want to do, whatever works for you and whatever your girls want to do. So one thing that I find interesting is that today's troop crests have meanings assigned to them. And so we kind of have this kind of troop crest knowledge, this contemporary troop crest knowledge that they all have a meaning associated. But the reality is that troop crests didn't really have meanings in like historical conversation. So they the early crests were pretty much all flowers. Trees, waterfalls, stars, and other non-floral designs came later. We know that we had like birds and things like that that were part of the English troop crests. So there were some bird options, but but yeah, the other the other symbols kind of came over time. And interestingly, Between 1923 and 1930, troops were even encouraged to choose the names of famous women, either from real life or literature, and to build up troop traditions around them. 
So they could select women who have done conspicuous service or pioneer work in professional and scientific fields or who were associated with early American life, either in the colonies or in the westward moving borderlands. So that's really interesting because you could kind of see how sort of some meaning behind the crest was created, but it was supposed to be based on the names of famous women where the whole meaning thing kind of came from. Also, from 1918 to 2011, troops could design their own crests. So they could choose images that reflect their interests or perhaps a local landmark or significant culture. And a lot of times those designs were known only, the meanings behind those designs were really only known to the girls who were part of that group or who helped design them. But despite the differences between the actual symbol of on the crest The troop crests were always able to be identified by shape. So over the bulk of history, crests were oval and badges were round. And now we have definitely seen a change in troop crest shape. So in 2011, we retired the oval shape for troop crests and we got this shield shape. But some of the designs that are on the shield shape have remained pretty much consistent for over a hundred years. So although the shape of the badge has changed, the actual crest itself has actually, some of them have been maintained throughout history. And I think that is particularly cool. Today's crests are made up of like a list, a whole list of choices. And there's a wide variety beyond the flowers. We do have several flowers, things like an arrow, a bee, a bluebird, lightning, sun, shooting star, there's a whole bunch, even a trumpet. (laughs) And of course, there is an option for a unicorn. Oh, one other thing I didn't mention as far as crest tradition, troop crests in today's Girl Scouts at least are meant to be introduced to brownies and up. So it's kind of interesting because daisies typically don't have troop crests. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you when I had a multi-level troop that included daisies, the daisies got the troop crest. I don't really know what the point is of not having crests until you hit brownies. If you are a single level troop and you're just getting started with daisies, you can wait until they bridge to brownies to deal with crests. You don't even have to worry about it. It's not actually a daisy tradition. But if you have a multi-level troop, I think it's weird to exclude the daisies personally. If you choose to because you want it to be consistent with like Girl Scout uniform guidelines and that feels important to you, by all means, do what's right for you. I think... I don't know if I already mentioned this, but my troop's original crest was lightning. And so I have this like really strong affection for the lightning crest, even though my girls, as it turned out, did not even remember picking it, which is really funny. Anyway, so when they become brownies, typically they choose the troop crest. You don't choose it. They choose it. And there's some really cool ones. And there's some really beautiful ones. And of course, at brownie age, many, 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 many girls are really drawn to the unicorn. <laughs> they want to be the unicorns. They want to pick the unicorn. They love the unicorn. If they get to look at them and they see them, they choose the unicorn. <laughs> so this is consistently kind of a an ongoing pattern. And when I used to work for Girl Scouts back in the day, I worked in the shop and we would sell so many unicorn troop crests. It was hilarious. Here's some suggestions for ways to pick a troop crest. One way to pick a troop crest is to have girls vote on them. And what you can do is 
have some kind of visual aid. You could either project the image of all of the troop crests. You could bring in a sample of one of each of the troop crests, like physically to the meeting. You could draw them. You could print out the picture and put them on a poster board, whatever. But girls can see all of them. Or you could just pass around, you know, the little insert to the handbook that shows all of them or print it out from the internet, certainly all over the internet. You could print out a full page of them and then have one on each table so girls could see them all and they could vote on them. Um, I believe what we did in my troop to pick them, I did have a poster board that had the picture of each of the troop crests on it so they could see all of them. And next to the crest, it had the explanation of what the meaning is behind the troop crest. And I believe what we did was we covered all of the pictures of the troop crests, and then we had girls vote based on meaning, and then we unveiled what they looked like. But I'm not 100% positive that we covered them up. I don't really remember that part. Actually, if I'm being completely transparent, I'm 99% sure I wasn't at the meeting when they picked it. I know I made the poster board that had all the images on it, and my co-leaders ran this part of the meeting. So not 100% um, positive of how we did it, partially because I wasn't physically there, but I did help come up with our method. I'm just not quite positive exactly how it played out. So when it comes to voting, there's lots and lots of ways you can do group voting. I think what we did was a bracket face-off thing where it was like, do you think our troop, like we're, we're voting on the meanings behind these crests, we're going to pick a, a crest that best fits our troop. Do you think slash want our troop to, you know, which, which meaning do you want to affiliate with our troop? Or what do you think best describes our troop? Or what do you want to best describe our troop? What do you want it to be like? And then it'd be the two choices. The first two choices would be stand for action and moving forward. It shows that you hope to do a lot to change the world. Or do you want hard work and industry? It could show that you want to work hard and inspire others. Which one sounds better to you? And then they would pick and that one would move forward in the bracket. And so we would do like these groups of two to face off and ultimately lead to, you know, the final two, which would be like stands for inspiration and creative power. This symbol might be chosen by someone who seeks inspiration in her own life and hopes to inspire others compared to... This stands for new beginnings. Maybe that's why it was one of the first two original troop crests in history. It's a wonderful symbol for girls who are starting out on a new adventure. And then letting them pick in between which one do you think best matches us or which one do you want to be the symbol of our troop, the meaning behind our troop crest moving forward. And then they would pick between those two meanings and then we'd unveil the symbol and say this is what it is. Now you certainly could do that exact same thing, but showing what the symbol is. So that's definitely an option, kind of like make it like a face-off game. You can also do it in groups where each table kind of gets a vote and they're all going to contribute their vote or each table kind of gets a, their own bracket and then that leads to the next bracket face-off. You could give girls multiple votes. This is something that I have found works really well when you have a long list of a ton of options for something and the girls need to come up with a group consensus. I will let them have three votes each or something like that, or five votes each, depending on how many items there are. And then they all get to choose their top three or their top five. And they don't necessarily rank them. They just pick 
their top three or their top five. You could allow them to rank them. So you could give them all the complete sheet that has all of the crests on them and they could list, you know, so there's 16 crest choices in today's um, contemporary crest list. And so uh, of those 16, they could rank them one through 16. They can pick their favorite all the way down to their least favorite. You collect everyone's pages, add up the score for each one and whichever one has the lowest score because it was ranked the most highly across the board, that ends up being your crest. Or if that ends up being the unicorn, then you could take your top three and then do another round of voting with just those top three or something like that. And if they do pick the unicorn, if that's what they want and they love it, you can use the unicorn for now and you can revisit every single level if you want. You could revisit every year if you want. Tell, remind them what it means and ask them if they still want to continue using that troop crest with their new uniform at their new level. And bridging is a great time to do that. So um, we're going into a brand new school year. Some girls may have already set up their new vest for the year, but if you have girls in new vests for the year and they haven't set them up yet, this is a good time to talk about crests or to revisit troop crests. Okay, I think that is sufficiently answering your question. Hopefully you got what you wanted or needed. And um, I hope this was helpful. I will see you next week. If you want to submit a question, if you haven't already, hop in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast, or send me an email, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.